Thank you for listening to this audio from Trinity Presbyterian Church in Spartanburg, South Carolina. For more information about Trinity, visit our website, trinityspartanburg.com. Would you please stand now as we hear from God's Word? Our text this morning is 1 John chapter 3, verses 4 through 12. These are the words of the Lord. Everyone who practices sin also practices lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him sins. No one who sins has seen him or knows him. Little children... Make sure no one deceives you. The one who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. The one who practices sin is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. No one who is born of God practices sin, because his seed abides in him, and he cannot sin, because he is born of God." By this, the children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. Anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor the one who does not love his brother. For this is the message which you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another, not as Cain, who was of the evil one and slew his brother. And for what reason did he slay him? Because his deeds were evil and his brothers were righteous. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You can be seated. So the last time we were in 1 John was some months ago. I preached on the first three verses of this chapter. Just a quick recap. We heard about our adoption and future glorification. But in today's text, we find out that not everyone receives that adoption. Not everyone is a son of God. John makes this very clear. You are either a child of God or a child of the devil. In our age, as in all ages, people want to deny the reality of Satan. They want him to be a myth. We are tempted to not think about Satan. Cynics of Christianity want the devil simply to be a tool of the church to scare people away from bad behavior. Don't drink because the devil's in the bottle, that type of thing. But do not be deceived. The devil is as real as the breakfast you ate this morning. Satan disguises himself as an angel of light, but in reality he is the prince of darkness. Satan doesn't care what you think about him, just so long as you keep sinning. He's perfectly happy with Hollywood making him out to be some contorted beast, some demented creature, just so long as we keep looking at porn. He's perfectly happy with this, just so long as we keep despising our parents, just so long as we keep hating authority, loving ourselves, envying one another, hating God. The devil takes no pains to have his name honored. He just wants you not to honor God. And why? The devil is the chief rebel. As we read in verse 8, he sinned from the beginning. John is talking about Satan's first rebellion against God. 
which could be a heavenly rebellion before the world was made, or it could be referring to what took place in the Garden of Eden when the serpent deceived Eve and Adam disobeyed God. God's happy not to tell us exactly um, how the devil fell, when that happened exactly, but we know he did. It was at some time in the beginning of creation. All we need to know is that Satan was the first to sin, and he has only ever sinned and will continue to sin because he's an enemy of God. There is no repentance for the devil. There's no hope for him. He is in complete opposition to God. He hates his creator, and he wants you to hate him too. If you've read 2 Corinthians recently, you probably noticed the devil is a theme in there. He comes up quite a bit. He's the opponent of Paul and of the gospel. He's a target. Uh, the devil is Paul's uh, Paul was a target of the devil because of the gospel entrusted to Paul. Satan hated him. He hates Christians. He hates Christian ministers. He hates the message being proclaimed to you today because it is my hope and purpose preaching today to make clear to you that you are either one or the other, a child of God or a child of the devil. And Satan does not want you to find this out. So, what does it mean to be a child of the devil? Well, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, right? When, uh, when I see Charlie Foltz, I see Chuck Foltz. When I see... Um, Malachi Miller, I see Ryan Miller, right? Sons bear the resemblance of their father. Why? Because they're their sons. They have their nature. They act like their dads. They do their father's work. They're also under their father's domain, his, under his dominion, under his authority. This is what children of the devil are. Okay? They act like their father and they're under his domain, his dominion. Remember what our Lord said in John 8? Why do you not understand what I am saying? It is because you cannot hear my word. You are of your father, the devil. And you want to do the desires of your father. Children of the devil do the devil's desires. And why? Because they're under his dominion. If you're not a child of God, you're exposed to the prince of the power of the air. The God of this world has you in his grasp. He has you blinded. He has you binded. You follow along like a sheep, not realizing where you're going, and the awful place you will end up. I mean, do any of us actually want to be a child of Satan and end up in hell, in eternal torment with him? Satan does not have your best interest in mind. He does not care about you. There is no team Satan. Children of the devil will hate each other in hell for all eternity, and their father will be in the same torment as them. It is a lose-lose for Satan and his children. Now the very fact that John makes a distinction between the children of the devil and the children of God means that everyone on earth is either one or the other. There's no one in the middle. We're not all God's children. Have you heard that before? Oh, we are all God's children. There is no universal brotherhood of man. 
where all of us are God's kids. And some of us just turn out to be bad apples because of the environment we grew up in, because of our social class. It was just an unfortunate occurrence that some people are bad. This is not biblical anthropology, okay? That is not the biblical view of man. Everyone is a child of someone, either God or Satan. So how do you know if you're a child of the devil? Well, children of the devil practice sin. Verse 4, everyone who practices sin also practices lawlessness. And sin is lawlessness. Throughout John's letter, but especially in the text today, John uses a present tense term that we translate as practice. The idea is what you practice is the overriding principle of your life. This is not a one-time thing. It's perpetual. It's habitual. It's practiced. You keep doing it over and over and over. It defines your life. John is clear. Your life will either be defined by righteousness or defined by sin. The child of the devil sins presently. That's their life. And what is John calls sin? He calls it lawlessness. The word literally means no law. Children of the devil are no law people. There is no law. They pay no attention to God's law. A child of the devil doesn't care what God has commanded. There's not a care in the world. Joe Rogan is a lawless man. That's easy, right? He's pretty vile. Well, but he does care about some people, right? He doesn't like pedophiles. Well, he's pretty inconsistent. He's a lawless man. He's vile. Think of all the men who've been destroyed by him. Jordan Peterson's a lawless man, but he wrote 12 rules for life. He has laws. Well, the problem is, is he only needed 10 rules, the 10 commandments. If he had simply just said, you shall started with, you shall not have... You shall have no other gods before me. He would have done much more good. Instead, Peterson doesn't care about God. He bloviates about the Bible with Jungian psychoanalysis and archetypal liberation theology. Peterson's a lawless man. And guess what? We're not going to pick on the pagans anymore, okay? I've done that. Those are easy. How else do you know if you're a child of the devil? Children of the devil have not seen or known Jesus. No one, verse 6, no one who abides in him sins. No one who sins has seen him or knows him. To see Jesus means you see the Father. If you see Jesus, you see the Father. John 4, uh, in John 12, we, we read, Jesus cried out and said, He who believes in me does not believe in me, but in him who sent me. He who sees me sees the one who sent me. John 14, 9, Jesus said to him, Have I been so long with you, and yet you have not come to know me, Philip? Poor Philip. He who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? John 10, 30, Christ says it very simply. I and the Father are one. So to see Christ is to see the Father. 
But the Son is not the Father. We're good Trinitarians here. I mean, our church is named Trinity Presbyterian Church. We should be good Trinitarians because this is how God has revealed himself to us. Jesus is not the Father, and the Father is not the Son. The Holy Spirit is not the Son or the Father. But they're all God. Yes. We're not modalists. We don't deny the three distinct persons of the Trinity. But it is true. To see Jesus is to see God. It's to see the Father. Thomas Torrance puts it quite good. What the Father is and does, Jesus is and does. What Jesus is and does, the Father is and does. There is, in fact, no God behind the back of Jesus. No act of God other than the act of Jesus. No God but God we see and meet in him. There is no God behind Jesus. Jesus is God in the flesh. But it's not enough just to see Jesus in his flesh on the earth. Everyone saw him, but they didn't see him. Jesus must be seen by faith. 2 Corinthians 4, we read, For God, who said, Let light shine out of darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. God has to shine in our hearts that we may see the glory of God in the face of Christ. This is by faith. This scene is not a physical scene. Many people saw Jesus and did not believe in him. In fact, they saw his miracles and did not believe in him. So Jesus is a stumbling block for the child of the devil. Many people know about Jesus. They know his claims. They know he probably existed, but they deny his divinity. They deny who he really is, God. The apostle said earlier in 1 John chapter 2, whoever denies the, the son does not have the father. This is why Jews and Muslims are not Christians. It's not very politically correct for me to say that. But they deny the son. They do not have the father. They deny the father by denying the son. And wrapped up with seeing Jesus is knowing Jesus. Okay? Remember at verse 4, he says, No one who sins has seen him or knows him. To see Jesus is to know Jesus. But demons know that Jesus is the Son of God, but they do not know God. They know about him, but they don't know him. To know God means to keep his commandments. 1 John chapter 2, verse 4. The one who says, I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. To know God means to have vital connection with him. It's to have fellowship with him. It's a real, concrete knowledge of God in your heart, in your mind. Children of the devil do not have this. They do not know Jesus like a son of God knows Jesus. How else do we know if we're children of the devil? Children of the devil do not love Jesus' work. Verse 5 
You know that he appeared in order to take away sins. This is the work of Christ. The child of the devil doesn't want his sins taken away. You like your sin. Children of the devil want to sin. They want to do the work of their father. He loves the very thing that Jesus came to take away. How can children of the devil love Jesus when they're opposed to the very work of Jesus? Many people will say, I love Jesus while they're in sin. So they're liars. It is impossible to love Jesus but to hate his work. You cannot divorce the person of Christ from the work of Christ. You need the whole Christ. Children of the devil are also, uh, they can, you can know if you're a child of the devil if you are like Cain. Verse 11 through 12. For this is the message we have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another, not as Cain, who is of the evil one and slew his brother. And for what reason did he slay him? Because his deeds were evil and his brother's were righteous. Who is the firstborn person on earth? It's not Adam. He was created from dust. The first one who was born was Cain. And what did the firstborn son of Adam do? He murdered his brother, the first one. Abel, his younger brother, was murdered. What a tragedy. I've often wondered what it must have felt like for Adam and Eve to see their son murder their other son. And no one had yet been murdered. No one had ever seen a dead body before. This is why the scriptures refer to the blood of Abel crying out. Life went away from, from him. This had never happened before. Death was sure to come, but the first death was not brought by old age. Abel's life was a life not lived. It was cut short. It was destroyed. And for what reason? His brother hated him. Because Abel was righteous. Children of the devil are just like Cain. You hate your brother. When you see holiness of another person, do you hate them for it? When you see the righteous fruit of your brother, are you jealous? Do you hate your brother? Then you're a child of the devil. You're just like Cain, and what it did it profit Cain to end his brother's life? I mean, what good was it? No good came from it. It was evil. You know, life is very precious. It's valuable. In the eyes of the child of Satan, it's cheap, it's inexpensive, it's disposable. Is life cheap to you? When I was a teenager, that's exactly how I lived my life. I didn't see any value in myself. I drove recklessly, I would get drunk. I didn't care about my life. Think of what that does to a mother. Mothers value their child's life more than anything. They had to bring that baby into the world. I would know. My, I just had, I didn't have it. My wife just had a baby. And I, the more I'm thinking about it, if that boy ever be, talks back to Jay, well, I'm like, you don't know the sleepless nights. 
better be quiet. So often children grow up, though, to despise their mothers. I don't know why. They think themselves cheap. Only the love of God can show you that you're actually valuable in God's eyes. Only his true words about you can show you that he didn't bring you into the world because you were cheap. Only he can make you see that all life is precious and we are to love our lives and our brother's life. Cain should have loved Abel. He should have looked out for Abel and cared for Abel. Instead, he murdered him. And this is what the children of the devil do. They murder. Do I need to bring up abortion? So how do you know if you're a child of the devil? You practice sin, which is lawlessness. You don't see or know Jesus. You don't love Jesus' work. And you're like Cain, who murdered his brother because his deeds were evil. Well, now, how do you know if you're a child of God? Well, for one, children of God do not practice sin. Verse 9, no one who is born of God practices sin because his seed abides in him. And he cannot sin because he is born of God. Now, what does John mean by practices sin? Again, we touched this earlier. This term is in the present tense. It means actively doing. It's the overall principle of your life. John is not saying that Christians never sin. To to affirm this would lead you to the doctrine of Christian perfectionism. This doctrine uh, states that Christians can and are supposed to live a sinless life. Okay? John Wesley and those in Wesleyan or Methodist churches uh, have held to this doctrine historically. B.B. Warfield wrote an extensive work against this. It's called perfectionism. Um, But to make this, what John is saying is to contradict John himself. John is not saying Christians never sin. How do we know this? Chapter 1. If we say that we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and righteous to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Okay, why do we have a confession of sin every Sunday? Because you're supposed to confess your sins. When we have that confession, come prepared for it. I know how easy it is to just check out, but listen to the person who is leading us in prayer and truly confess. Okay, John is far from denying that Christians still sin. He tells us to confess our sins. That's an ongoing activity. Like I said, every Sunday morning we do it. We should be doing it every day. He's also not saying that you struggle with sin, that if you struggle with sin, you're not a Christian. Okay, Christians are progressively sanctified. Not immediately. We, when we come to faith in Christ, we are not immediately perfect. Our old man has been crucified with Christ, and we're to consider ourselves dead to sin and alive to righteousness. But there is still going on in us indwelling sin. That we have to mortify. Okay? 
Now, I, I don't want to take the teeth out of John's words, though. Because I know what we're doing right now is we're trying to, we're trying to make this go in our favor. Yeah, I, I struggle with sin. I know he says we're, we're not supposed to sin. But I, I struggle, and it's okay if I struggle. Look, don't take John's words, the force of those words, away. He's saying that if you practice sin, you're not a Christian. Okay? The term's in the present tense. It, it means it's ongoing. It's happening now. If you're in sin today, and that's the overall character of your life, then you're not born of God. You are, in fact, a child of Satan. It's... Let me take a moment to go over this real quick. There are people who do really struggle with sin, though, right? Every Christian struggles with sin, if you're really honest with yourself. Okay? Is there a sin that you keep committing that is weighing you down? And you hate it, right? You actually hate the sin. Uh, then you need to take good hope because you're just you're experiencing what the Apostle Paul experienced in Romans 7. Let me read this real quick. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold into bondage to sin. For what I am doing, I do not understand, for I am not practicing what I would like to do, but I'm doing the very thing I hate. If I do the very thing I hate, uh, if I do the very thing I don't want to do, I agree with the law. Confessing the law is good. So now, no longer am I the one doing it, but sin which dwells in me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For the, the willing is present in me, but the doing of the good is not. The good that I want, I do not do, but I practice the very evil I do not want. But if I am doing the very thing I do not want, I am no longer the one doing it, but sin which dwells in me. I find then a principle that evil is present in me, the one who wants to do good. For I joyfully concur with the law of God in the inner man. But I see a different law in my members, in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law and sin, which is in my members. Does that describe a child of the devil or a child of God? I believe it is a child of God because they agree with the law. It's good. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not covet. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. I love that. Do you love the law of God? You might not keep it. You might be very abysmally bad at keeping the law of God. But if you love the law, persevere. This is what led Paul to say, Wretched man that I am, who will set me free from the body of this death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. You see... The child of the devil, they might actually do things that they don't want to do. 
Some people, they will get drunk over and over and over. And when they sober up, they realize, why am I doing this? It's ruining my life. But they never actually repent. They actually don't love God and his law. They might go and gamble away all their money. A child of the devil might do terrible things and feel sorry for it. But if they don't love God, if they don't have a desire to be with Christ, if they don't condemn themselves, if they don't let the law kill them, they're not a child of God. It's a terrible place to be. And what's really bad, though, is that the child of the devil will pretend to be like the struggling Christian. Don't let that be you. Don't let that be you. If you can't say, oh, wretched man that I am, who will set me free? Then you're not a child of God. Okay. How else do we know if we're children of God? Well, children of God practice righteousness. Verse 7. Little children... Don't you just love how he says that? Little children, make sure no one deceives you. The one who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. What does it mean to practice righteousness? Well, it means to do righteous works. It means you're keeping the law. You're doing the works of the law. But you're not doing it out of wrong motives. People uh, can give money to charity. They can volunteer their time and their money to help their neighbor. People can do good things. Does that mean they're automatically Christians if they do righteous things? No. Because we know that the best works that we can do, if not done in faith, are sin. Romans 14, 23. Whatever is not of faith is sin. Hebrews 11. Without faith... It is impossible to please God. That is a hard pill to swallow. If you don't have faith, it does not matter what you do. How good we really are. Before God, we're nothing. Who can give back to God Who can give to God that God did not already give to them? There it is. Right? This spits in the face of our pride. We're all trying to justify ourselves. We all think we can come to God with our works and say, You owe me. Look, God, look how good I've been. And we all do this. Can we be honest? We all do this. It's an ongoing sin we have to mortify. Because if you do anything with wrong motives, it doesn't matter how good it was, how many people you helped. If it's not done in faith, it is sin. It's done in pride. God shows no partiality. It's your heart that matters. Remember our Lord's words in Matthew 7. Many will say to me on that day, the day of judgment, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? In your name, we cast out demons. In your name, we perform many miracles. Didn't we do these things? And what will Christ say? 
I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. There it is, lawlessness. So people may do very similar good works, but if they are not done in faith, if it's not done in a living relationship to Christ, then it's worthless and it is sin. Children of the devil does works thinking he's owed something for them. But the child of God does his works in faith out of love for God, expecting nothing in return. Which one are you? How else do we know for children of God? Well, children of God know Jesus, and they know his work. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. See, unlike the child of the devil, the child of God is happy to hear these words. You're happy to know my sins are actually taken away by the blood of Christ. You love, if you're a child of God, you love the person and work of Christ. You don't pick and choose his words and his works. There are so many Christians today who pick and choose what Jesus says. They twist his words. They don't love him. They hate him. You have to love the whole Christ, God and man, person and work. And you love him because he has everything to do with you. Don't let um, unbelievers and false Christians hijack God's love. Jesus came to earth because God loved us. Children of God know that Jesus loves them. Because you know his love, you love him. He loved us first. That's why we love him. You know he didn't appear to just to take away someone else's sins. He came to take away your sins. And he didn't fail. He accomplished the work. He finished the work. He said while dying on the cross, it is finished. Are you glad to hear those words? One day we won't have sin holding us down. We will be glorified. That's only the hope for the children of God. How else do we know for children of God? Children of God love their brother. Verse 10, by this the children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. Anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor the one who does not love his brother. It sounds so simple, doesn't it? Love your brother. Just love your brother. We like to pick and choose who we love. We like to think we have loved someone when we actually haven't loved them. I mean, this is a simple statement, but it is hard. And we all agree it's hard to love your brother, to love everyone. It's hard because we have sin, they have sin, they're not like us, I'm not like them. It's hard. You know, if we're honest, we fail at this all the time. 
So often we're annoyed with our brothers. You know. Oh, do you love your brother? You know, do you love your brother? Children of God love their brother. Don't be like Cain. If you feel and know the coldness of your heart, then confess it to God. Confess your coldness of heart. Do you think that God can't warm up your heart, enlarge your heart, help you love your brother? You know, children, you who have brothers and sisters, it's hard to love your brother and your sister. It's really easy, right, to just ignore them, to make fun of them. It's easy to bring them down. It's easy to just be annoyed with them. Do the hard thing and love your siblings. So how do you know if you're a child of God? You do not practice sin. You practice righteousness. You know Jesus came away to take away your sins. You love the work of Jesus. And you love your brother. So which are you? In a room this big, there is bound to be children of God and children of the devil. There is weed among the chaff. I don't have anyone in mind. I'm looking out here. I can see your faces. I don't know. Just because you had joy in the Lord once does not mean that you're okay to do whatever you want now. I don't know what part of the Christian walk you're at. Everyone's at various points in their walk. But the scriptures are very clear. We're to fear God, lest we be cut off. This is what Pastor Andrew comes up here every week and does. He wants to make sure that you don't get cut off. He wants to make sure you're in. That's hard work. And one way to know if you're not in is if you make his work very difficult. Seriously, is that going to be your motivation to want to be a child of God? Forget about the ministers of the gospel. Think about Jesus. Do you actually love Jesus Christ? Then why do we play with the knife that slit his throat? So are you a child of the devil or a child of God? What's preventing you from being adopted? We heard those first three verses um, the last time we were here. Behold how, how great it is that we should be called children of God. It is a wondrous thing to be a child of God. Do you really want to end up being a child of Satan? Do you really want to... Keep pretending that you're actually a child of God when you actually, all your allegiances are with Satan. Is it, but is that really what you want? 
I mean, maybe you think this is all just a myth. This is just, I don't know, a weird idiosyncrasy with societies in an evolutionary paradigm, blah, blah, blah. Why is it so hard to know that, yeah, God created this world. He created you, and he actually sent his son to die for sins. And if you believe on him, you can have eternal life with him. Why do we just hate that? It's because we're children of the devil. I read um, 2 Corinthians 4. Hear this, okay? And we'll be done. Even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus as Lord and ourselves as your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts to give light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. The same light that beams on this earth, God created that light out of darkness. If you're in darkness today, let the light shine upon your heart so that you can actually see into the face of Jesus. I can't wait to see Christ. You can see him now, but blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. Let's close in prayer. Our gracious Father, we thank you, Lord. That Christ truly has come to destroy the works of the devil. Please save your people. Change our hearts. Make us to be born again if we do not know you. And for those of us who love you, who love your law, who long to look into the face of Christ and kiss his feet, Lord, help us to persevere in good works, in righteousness, by faith. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen.